Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the iCast. I'm Michael Doeys, and I'm here again this week with Marty Sobo. Hi, Marty. Hey, how's it going? And Alicia Geary. Hi, Alicia. Hello, hello. All right, so we're back for episode four. So this, you know, we can prove that this is a consistent thing now, at least for the second episode of the reboot. <laughs> yeah, so we're we're two of two. Here we go. Yep, two of two. Yep, and it won't be a few years between, you know, after the after this episode. I, I guess we did two episodes originally, so this will be the test of time if we can do next week's. <laughs> there you go. Exactly. So. We're back for another episode. Very excited about that. And we've we've been playing with some new tech for a while now. So I have some experiences I'll talk about with my new phone. But, you know, the biggest... I didn't want to talk about this last week because I like for there to be a resolution to this kind of stuff because this is an Apple show to talk positively about Apple stuff, right? And I don't like to give bad too bad press if it doesn't if it's not deserved and that's the iphone overheating issues now this is on the 15 and 15 pro and 15 pro max models i think specifically the pro which everybody's buying the pro and people were worried there would be a recall they were worried that there would you know be bad phones but it appears that things have worked their way out and Apple was even claiming Instagram and certain apps were having problems. Wireless charging was having problems. Back Restoring from a backup was having problems with heating issues. Apple has released a software update of 17.0.3 that supposedly fixes the overheating issues. And I felt like that was really quick for them to do that, but I'm glad they did. And the concern was, was that in, in them doing that, it would make a, a hit to performance on the, on the iPhone because what are they doing to really kind of keep the chip from overheating? But benchmarks have shown with Geekbench and others that there is no degradation of quality in the performance of the processor. So... I would like to know, you know, you guys don't have this phone, but what are y'all's thoughts on on this whole issue in general? Well, I would say, you know, it's always interesting when they do all this testing prior, you know, and then, of course, once things get out in the wild, all of these issues come up when you start having mass people test. But sometimes there are things that are easily fixable and sometimes they're not. It's good when they are easily fixable, especially in this particular situation. Everyone's thinking like you were saying, Michael, where, oh my gosh, or is there going to be a recall? Or are we going to have to send our phone back and get a different phone on and on? You know, So we got lucky in this particular situation because it's going to be a uh, software update, which actually came out today, I believe. And hopefully that will resolve people's problems. But We'll see as the update gets out, if it actually does, I'm sure we're going to hear from people whether it either resolved the issue or didn't. So if it does, then that's great, easy fix, and you move on with it. So Alicia, what are your thoughts? Did did this kind of worry you? Because I know you're planning to get a new iPhone. So was this kind of troubling for you, kind of knowing that? It worried me a little bit, but... I think it was kind of one of those situations where it was a software issue. I, I wasn't, it was only such a, it was such a minor issue that I didn't really think it was going to warrant a recall. 
I think Apple did right by trying to get on it, get on the reports that they were hearing and actually try to test a solution. I'm glad it was just software. Totally. And, you know, really in truth, time will tell, right? Time will tell to determine if this is a software issue or if it is more serious than what they thought it was. So we'll we'll keep an eye out for that. So I've had my iPhone 15 Pro Max for about two weeks now, two or three weeks, I guess. 22nd, I think, was the when I got it. And it's been a wonderful phone. And I just wanted to talk about the the this phone for a minute because I've had it for two weeks and I I have never had it even heat up beyond a point where I felt uncomfortable. And I've used Instagram, I've used the all these other apps, I've set my phone up as new, and I haven't wirelessly charged it. I've just used a USB-C cable. But it's been just a dream of a phone. It just works great. And I feel like the speaker quality is a little bit better on this phone. It has more depth to the sound, in my opinion. Of course, you know, that's my opinion. I believe audio is kind of subjective, but I feel like it does sound better than my 14 Pro Max did. I've been running pretty much every app on it that I can. And the, the one thing that I will say, and I'm kind of hoping that they do address this in some form, is I do feel like the battery drains pretty quickly for my use case. And I'm just kind of hoping that that gets worked on. And now that it's up to the 17.0.3 and they've made some efficiency changes, maybe that's something that they've been able to fix. So I don't know. And I think it's pretty exciting that we have, you know, these new phones and USB-C, you know, Google released their, their new phones today, the Pixel 8 and the Pixel 8 Pro. I'll just briefly talk about that here with all these new software features, all these new things that they can do. And it's great. I think they're neat phones. I think my next Android phone will be a Pixel 8 with seven years of software updates. That's ridiculous. But hey, yeah. go for it if you can do it for seven years. Exactly. It's there if you want it, if you need it. But it definitely I, will outlast the phone. Mm, I think seven yeah. years will outlast the phone for sure. Yep. Unless you keep getting it repaired, you know. And and one thing that's cool, I will give them props for. They're partnering with iFixit to keep these phones repaired. So I think that's a great, great feature for that. That is console. awesome. Yeah, that is yes. really good, actually. Mm -hmm. Right to so, repair and all that is a really mm -hmm. good thing. Props to Google for that. And yep. Apple has even done more towards that on these new phones where the back glass is easily replaceable. And I can actually feel a rim around the back glass where they can easily get in and replace that piece of that piece of glass. So that's exciting too, in my opinion. But it's, it's nice, like I, like I said, it, we we're talking about the Google phones. And I, I think these are going to be great pixels. In fact, I think from what I could tell, this is almost pixel three quality. And that, those were some of the best pixel phones. But I will always say my iPhone is my home. Like, I like to play with Android. I like to play with Google just because it's something different. It's customizable and all that kind of stuff. But I feel at home on an iPhone. That's me personally. You know, others may prefer Android and those kind of things. But I, you know, I've had an iPhone since 2007. I've had the original iPhone. 
and I loved it. Absolutely loved it. And I've just never looked back. Even with the options of Android there, I've played with them, I've looked at them, I've had them. But the iPhone just does what it needs to do. And it's done it well all these times. There were a few times where they broke magnification, like with Zoom, to enlarge things on the screen. And I have been very upset about that. But I still worked through it. We reported stuff. We got things fixed. And that's been great. Although there are some times where it still breaks. And I like. I think the problem came in when they added the 100 hertz, 120 hertz refresh rate. They had to actually slow down the scroll for Zoom. So sometimes that gets turned off. So. When you were talking about your new 15 Pro Max and you were saying that the battery burns a little bit quicker than your use case, what are you getting at your battery? Like, is it fully charged up to 100% in the morning? And what is it when you are going to bed at night? You know, I, I'm not a regular charger. I don't charge it in the morning. I don't, I charge it when I need to charge it. And typically I charge it whenever I'm developing apps and I'm sitting here with it connected to my computer charging up. So I don't have a definitive, this is how much I charge it. I just notice compared to using my 14 Pro Max that I just don't seem to get as long of an amount of time out of it. I feel like it's just a bit faster on the drain. But again, I, it's not something I could quantify. Yeah, I feel like your use case is a bit, is a bit, less of the average because you do use it a lot for like app development and things like that but also i think it's really interesting to maybe try and find out like what it is lasting people on a regular charge and you know the 100 percent in the morning and when it when you go to bed bed at night like what is it you know Exactly. And you know, one thing with this phone too, the weather's changing. And so this weekend is going to be fantastic photo taking weather and probably video taking weather. So I'm going to be going out to do some video, video taking and those kind of things out while I'm outside and all of that kind of stuff. So I'll be very excited to see how well it does with that. The camera though is great. I, I do love That'd be interesting. I might change my action button to do the focus thing so that if I go out of my house, it goes to a camera instead of the magnifier. But I don't know. It's it's. I wish I could do multiple actions with that action button. I hope Apple gets on that. I think that would be a really cool idea. And I think mm -hmm. that's really going to be, I think that's really going to be what pulls some Android users to the iPhone is, is that customizable action button. Because like we do get stuff like that from Android. And also, don't forget, I'm pretty sure that you still have the back tap options for double and triple tap to do two different things on the back. So then you get the button plus two different options for double tap and triple tap on the back of the phone. I'll tell you with double tap, yeah, I continuously up. activate that all the time. I mean, you can activate that just by putting your phone down on a table. So triple tap may be, may be more useful, but yeah. I that's that's what I've set, noticed. If I recall, I think you can set sensitivity on that kind of stuff. You really, you really can't because it's just, it's using the accelerometer and the motion gyros and all that to detect that. It's not oh. really a setting for that. Oh, I think that's a difference with Android because for back tap on Android, 
there is some sort of sensitivity control, so you don't. And I mean, I might be mistaken on that, but I it would take me a while to go through and look through the settings on my phone. But either way, like a lot of people reported, at least on the double tap, it activates a lot of time, a lot of the time when on false activations. So, but there are other ways, like just so many different options. So, and and. Really, one of those we're going to talk about in just a little bit. So, the other thing with this phone is just the USB C. That's been fantastic. Just being able to plug it into any, you know, USB C connector will charge this phone, and that's kind of fantastic. So, for me, who has USB C everywhere around my apartment, just being able to have that flexibility is just important. And and not have to worry about is this a lightning cable is this a USB-C cable it doesn't matter anymore it's just all USB-C and that's kind of a big deal so I'm glad that they made the change this year yep it's great too you can plug in other devices you know external hard drives and any kind of USB-C device so it's pretty awesome I mean just the USB-C alone is fantastic in my opinion it just brings so much options to what you can do with your phone you know, with that USB-C, so. And don't forget, you know, you can actually charge up your small devices, your earbuds, your Apple Watch, or whatever the case may be. Yep. So it's kind of exciting. We have quite a bit of chat on our YouTube today, so that's really exciting. So thank you all for being here. So we did have one chat that mentioned that Eloquence was removed on 17.0.3. I did notice that on my phone. So that was interesting. I'm wondering if it has to be redownloaded. We'll definitely have to check on that and see Mm -hmm. what's happening with that. So Jesse mentions that just restarting your phone may may, uh, fix the issue. Doesn't always work. You know, sometimes just it takes a while, but things do get back to normal. I would recommend also just going back into your voice settings and selecting your voice again. And sometimes that fixes it as well. So again, thank you for all the chat messages. That's, you know, this has been great. Having feedback is fantastic on our shows. So also, if you're not subscribed on YouTube or on, you know, the your podcast platform, please subscribe to the iCast and IACast on YouTube. Also, if you're on YouTube, as YouTubers typically say, use the notification bell so you get alerted when we have new episodes of IACast network content. Fun times, fun times. Yep. Okay, so let's let's talk about uh, interacting in a different way, and that's interactable widgets. So most widgets, except for Apple's because they're Apple, in the past have been only glanceable widgets where you could look at them and see like your latest appointments or what's now playing or pictures and those kind of things. Tapping on the widget would open the app. But now we have more. We have the ability to interact with widgets. But I will say this, it's in a very limited way. So an example of an app where you can interact with widgets is the Waterminder app. And there are certain widgets in there. And you can hear about that on other podcasts, which ones they are. That you can interact with the widgets on your home screen or your Today View or notification or the, not notification area, the Today View or that first page. And what's neat about that is, is that it allows you to have widgets 
that you can interact with and do more with without having to go into an app. Does this, is this exciting to either of you? I would say, I mean, if you're just going to do something that's quick, like check off something, I guess that's all right. You know, you wouldn't have to go on the app. You just kind of hit the widget, check it off and go on. I guess that would be all right. But I mean, also at the same time, it's so limiting that you almost need to open the app because if you have to do anything else, you you have to open the app. So I kind of feel like they should just give it all to you so you can do anything within the widget if that's their point. Otherwise, I feel like they're only giving you like a little snippet of what could be. And then you got to wait another year for them to give you a little more and a little more, you know, so they should just go in on the feature, go all in on the feature. If that's, you know, what they want you to have, I kind of feel like. Well, I guess what, what are you expecting it to have? That's. Well, it depends on the widget, I guess, also. If you're going to have a checkoff list for like to-dos or reminders or tasks, it doesn't really need to do much more than that. But it would be cool, for example, if you could check off two things and then add a couple of new things all like right from the same place. I I think part of that is there's got to be a certain fine line between a widget and an app. Because the app is going like the entire app is going to do more than the widget and it that's just how it should be but the widget there's got there's i mean a widget is great for doing something really quickly like on the fly getting it done in seconds and you you know for for those times you can't open the app i don't think a widget is truly meant for doing everything outside of the app that that's a bit too much to ask for one little widget. So I kind of see what you're talking about, but I think it's kind of up to developers whether they want their widget to do the entirety or just a few things quickly. I think it's also a matter of like the trying to cram all of these features and buttons into one tiny space can be difficult and cluttering and it could turn into quite the mess. So I think it's also a matter of like managing your space and managing, you know, the widget size and using that to the best of the ability. But let me tell you something, there is something about being able to see a Google Calendar, see my Google Calendar pop up on my on my work mode and just being able to go straight to an event from that widget, man, just like click on a separate event, like not even go to the calendar app, just go straight to that one event. There's just something about that that I absolutely love and being able to check off reminders on the fly. Dude, yes. <laughs> so yeah, that's I'm good loving use cases, I feel like. Yeah, I'm loving interactive widgets. So I want to talk about an app that because I think Apple's apps like Reminders and others are now interactive on iOS and macOS, but there's another app. We talked about Waterminder, right? But there's another app called Widgetsmith. Have you guys heard of this? Yes, and this takes widgets to a next level. Yes. 
And I was listening to the Mac Stories podcast, and they were talking about this app. And it, you even could do like slideshows and, and carousels in widgets, photos. You could do like so many different kinds of things with, you can make like drawers of widgets, like a widget that's a drawer of other widgets and so many other things from the guy's name is David Smith and he's fantastic. He makes, makes a really cool app. And what's interesting is he's done all of this with only two control types, guys. There's only two kinds of controls that you can interact with, with interactive widgets and that's buttons and toggle switches. Isn't that interesting? Buttons yeah, and toggle switches. He, he's definitely really innovative. All his mm-hmm. apps are really innovative. He's just really good at you know, pulling off things you wouldn't think of. And all of his apps look really good in terms of look, feel, design-wise, but mm-hmm. functionality also. It's really, he does a great job all the way around. He's just a really good developer. And, you know, the Shortcuts app has had interaction for quite a while because you can put the Shortcuts widget on your home screen and tap on specific shortcuts in that widget. So that's not anything new. It's just now new for developers to take advantage of. So is there any widgets that any kind of things that you have that are apps that you wish that you could use as widgets? This app already has widgets, but I wish it was interactive. I wish that weather channel had an interactive widget where you could like scroll through the hourly forecast that it gives you on screen because that i don't know something about that idea and being able to look at your next few hours and scroll through without having to open the app is just insane yeah or if you have a a weather app even the regular weather app i don't think you can scroll through your saved locations within the widget, I think you have to open up the app for that. I think that's kind of a, I don't know. I feel like that's a bit beyond a widget. Just to be able to swipe through your different saved weather locations. I don't, I think that'd be, you know, if you could just look at a widget in the today view and you can just go, Oh, let me look where I'm going instead of the local location that you're at. You can flip through. Maybe you're going to be, you know, flying or something like that. And you just want to flip through the widget real quick and see what the glance of weather is where you're going. That'd be a good feature within yeah. the widget. Yeah, I was just looking at the small widget and you can you can change the location by editing the widget. So you can do that pretty quickly. And and actually you could in a way by based on focus mode or by home screen. So there's some ways that you can kind of customize that to do things like that. Yeah. That's a good idea. Actually, those those are good options. I didn't even think of those. So if you're going to work or something and you're commuting to work, for example, like, I don't know, this, this example doesn't fit everybody, but it's just an example. If you're going to work and your work is in another city than your home, you could switch into work focus mode and have the work focus mode widget be set to, you know, have the focus mode for your work be set to your city that you're working in's weather so that you can still view those. Yeah, that would be good. That's a good use case for it. Yeah. And, you know, I, I know that Android has similar things. You know, the I made a, an app called Current City where you could monitor what city you're going through. I don't know if it's still in Google Play, but it had a widget. And I made a app called Start Speaking, and it had a widget where you could put text in it would speak out loud. 
on Android. Again, I need to check the Play Store to see if they're still there. But you had a lot more control over widgets on the and on the Android platform where you could put text fields and things like that. Well, I can't remember if you could put a text field. But you could do a lot more of the controls and things like that, and you had a lot more control over the size of the widget. I do kind of like Apple's a little bit better because it was small, medium, large. You don't have to worry about precision pixel pointing and the DP's device pixels and all that kind of stuff you have to do in Android land. But it's just... One of those things that the differences between platforms, what you prefer and what you like, you know, because the designers have full control over what they do on Android. iOS, you know, you kind of are handheld through the design process. So it's just in what you prefer. But since this is an Apple podcast, I, I kind of prefer the, the Apple way. But that's beside the point. The, I, I kind of wish that there was a, I guess a better, like the shortcuts widget is is fine, but I wish there was more of a like show sub list of shortcuts, folders, and and more customization to the shortcuts widget through interaction. That would be pretty nice. But I need to go through WidgetSmith and just see what's there, what can be, what I can customize, and things like that. You know, even starting a timer from a shortcut or a clocking in and out on the on the on the as widgets would be really nice, but I think that we're just seeing the beginning of these interactive widgets, and I think it's just very exciting to see where we're going to go with that from here. So do you guys have any thoughts that I haven't mentioned about these interactive widgets? Yeah, I mean, it would be cool to see where they go in the future, but I feel like I'm with you. I want to check out Widgetsmith and see how much more that expands what you can do with widgets. I don't currently have that app, but I want to try it and see where it actually will go, what you can do, how kind of crazy you can get with, you know, your widget. So I'm definitely going to give that a try and see how that goes. I'll probably look into Widgetsmith. I think it's a cool idea. For sure. So those are our topics today, but we're going to we're going to for sure start this segment this week uh, as we wrap up the show as we do similarly on the IA cast but we're going to focus on apps on this show so i hope you guys have picked an app i have and if you want to start us off alicia do you have an app for this week and can, if you want to give your contact information as well i have been playing around a lot with I've been trying to find a lot of apps that don't really, that aren't really available in other places or like, you know, productivity type apps. I discovered one. I discovered one this week called. No, I haven't really played enough around with that one. I use a tool every day called Engross, E-N-G-R-O-S-S. I'm not sure if I talked about it here or not, but it is a Pomodoro stopwatch timer app with a calendar inside of it and a to-do list. So it's all of your productivity spaces in one. But what I like about it is it is a, that the timer can be used to track your progress on your work and, you know, towards certain tasks and you can label it and 
mark a certain task that you're working on with that within that timer. But what I like is there's a button in the middle. It says, hit me when you're distracted. And what it will do is it will keep track of how many times you get distracted. And then at the end of your work session, it will tell you based on statistics when your peak productivity level is, how many times, like when you, when your lowest level of productivity is, when your worst distraction time is, et cetera, et cetera. And I like having those statistics because it tells me a lot about how I work and how I, how how much I can go before I get burnt out and start getting distracted and focused on other things. So I really love it to keep track of what I'm doing and make sure I get stuff done. And where can people find you on the internet? Oh, on Mastodon, I am blind one lives at techopolis.social on discord. I am blind one lives. My website is blindcopywriter.com. You can also find me on LinkedIn as Alicia Geary and Facebook also as Alicia Geary. All right. And Marty, what you, what app is your pick for this time? So mine's actually an oldie but a goodie, but it's really helps me on a day-to-day basis. But it's an app called Do, and it's D-U-E, and it is a task manager slash to-do type of app and it's quick and dirty basically you put your tasks in there and you pick the you know time if it's on that day or you can pick a day if it's a different day and the time and it's just straightforward you put in what you need you put in the parameters and lock it in there and then it just annoys you until you actually get the thing done so i really like that app it works great with voiceover it works on all the things so my watch my phone ipad on the Mac. So that app is really good for just quick and dirty, drop your tasks in there or your reminders, and it'll just annoy you until you get them done. So great app, been around a long time, really well designed, worked with voiceover. So oldie, but a goodie. So check that out if you're looking for something like that. If you want to track me down, you can find me on Macedon, Marty at unmute.community. I love that way it's a really good app fantastic and so i'm gonna be the fun one of the group this time and i'm gonna pick my my pick for this time is called marvel unlimited i'm a huge comic book fan and i love to read comic books so you can download marvel unlimited it's like ten dollars a month and it gives you access to every marvel comic book ever made pretty much And so I'm reading like the Fantastic Four series from, you know, the 60s. So it's kind of fun, really interesting just to see like the the way they did kind of things back then and in comics and things like that. And what's really kind of neat, too, is if your vision gets tired, there is a feature with voiceover. I don't remember exactly how to configure it. I think it's describe images or um, screen detection, that kind of thing. A screen... uh, What's it called? It's basic screen recognition, I think is what it's called. And if you have that on in this app, if you have that on in this app, it will recognize the text in the comic books and believe it or not, read it pretty well. So you can 
you can, with time and patience, go through and read the comic book. Sometimes when the text runs together, it does kind of get confused. I kind of hope they do better with that in the future. But it's really exciting just to be able to have voiceover read your comics. So really happy about that. And so Marvel Unlimited. And I hope you enjoy the comic books as much as I do. As for where you can find me online, I'm Mike Doeys at techopolis.social on Mastodon. Mike Doeys on X, if you if anybody's still there. Michael Doeys on Facebook. You can email me, MikeDoeys at iCloud.com. And you can find me all over the web. So just search me, search for me and hope to talk to you soon. And we really want to thank everybody that's been on YouTube and on the radio station. We've gotten some great chat messages. So it's been a very interactive episode, one of our more interactive episodes. So I'm glad that people are chiming in and, and enjoying the conversation. And, you know, this this show is here to stay. We're going to talk about Apple stuff. And I think next episode, we really need to give the maximum love. Don't you guys think? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, we, we, we've done two iOS-based episodes. Let's, let's give the maximum love. I think that will be great. So stay tuned for that. We will be back next week for another episode. And until then, enjoy the Apple products and uh, see you next time. See ya. Mm-hmm.